An A to Z of Believing, from Atheism to Zealotry, written and presented by Dr. Ed Kessler, Founder Director of the Wolf Institute. Program 7, G for God. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. John 1.3 Imagine the critic, or even a child of yours or mine asking, how do you solve the problem? that has led people to kill one another in the name of God since the birth of human civilization. After all, each religion claims to be true and they conflict. Therefore, they cannot all be true. At most, one is. If Christianity is true, Judaism and Islam are false. If Islam is true, both Christianity and Judaism are false. It follows that these religions are bound to conflict whenever their devotees take their truth claims seriously. I, for my part, my critic continues, takes this as sufficient evidence that all are false. For how could the God of all humanity command his followers to deny the full and equal humanity of those who conceive him differently? I would rather live with the uncertainty of doubt than the certainty of faith, for it is that very certainty that leads people convinced of their righteousness to commit unspeakable crimes. I have reflected deeply on this for many years. Whilst I may be convinced of the truth of my faith, you may believe with equal fervour that yours, not mine, is true. How can we live peaceably together while at the same time honouring the Almighty's commands according to our respective faiths? One way is to reflect on relationships. In relationships, there is no either or. For example, I am mainly black-haired with a sprinkling of silver, short-sighted and bespectacled, but I am simultaneously a child of my parents, the father of my children, the husband of my wife. I have colleagues, friends, neighbours and co-religionists. I'm a citizen of England, the United Kingdom and Europe, as well as belonging to humanity as a whole. And each of these relationships is covenantal in the sense that it involves reciprocal obligations. And these obligations can conflict. Should I accept a speaking invitation or spend the evening with my family? I'm torn between my responsibilities as a leader in interfaith dialogue and my duties as a father and husband. But there is no principled incompatibility between these loyalties. The truth of one does not entail the falsity of others. Hence, the profound difference between thinking if my faith is true and conflicts with yours, then yours is false. If I and my fellow believers have a relationship with God, that does not entail that you do not. I have my stories, rituals, memories, prayers, celebrations, laws and customs, and you have yours. And that's what makes me, me, and you, you. It's what differentiates cultures, heritages and civilizations. The truth of one does not entail the falsity of the other. Indeed, the very words true and false seem out of place here as if we were using words from one domain to describe phenomena belonging to another. And if I am convinced that I possess the truth while you are sunk in error, I may try to persuade you. But if you refuse to be persuaded, I may conquer or convert you, imposing my view by force in the name of truth. This thinking leads to the mindset of, I'm right, you're wrong, go to hell. However, Acknowledgement of the multiplicity of relationships, interpretations, cultures and covenants is fundamentally opposed to absolutism, exclusivity and displacement. It subverts them 
by offering counter-narratives in their place. The message is that despite our differences, we each have integrity and dignity in the mind of God. In other words, God may be with us, but also with those who are not like us, with friends, but also with strangers. If all of this is difficult, which it is, it can be said another way. My wife Trisha and I have three children. We love them equally and unconditionally. They are very different from one another. They have different strengths, skills, interests, temperaments and emotional needs. And if we favoured one at the cost of the others, we would have failed as parents. Still more would we have failed if, having loved our firstborn, we then withdrew that affection on the birth of our subsequent children, transferring it each time to the youngest. Such behaviour would have damaged them all deeply, creating rivalries, insecurities and a sense of rejection. And if that is true of human parents, how much more so is it true of God? Can I really believe that God, having set his love on and made a covenant with the children of Israel, then rejected them? when they continued to honour that covenant, choosing not to follow the new faith, Christianity? Can I believe that the God of love in loving Christians thereby abandoned Jews? Can I make sense of the idea that six centuries after the birth of Christianity and 26 after the journey of Abraham, God revealed that Jews and Christians had been mistaken all along and that their religious destiny was other than they had believed it to be? I can perfectly well understand that Ptolemy, Copernicus, Newton, even Einstein were shown to be wrong and that if religion is like science, it is open to such refutations. But to think of religion on this model is to think of God as a concept. But actually, I think of God as a parent and that the truth of one faith does not entail the falsity of the other.